You're listening to NemaCast, the podcast channel of the electro industry. In today's episode, you'll hear Hubble Power Systems and NEMA Industry Director Jonathan Stewart discuss composite guy strain insulators, including new standards, benefits, requirements, and much more. Okay, hello everyone. This is Jonathan Stewart with NEMA. I'm here today with Sarah Polaminen and Chad Davis of Hubble Power Systems. Say hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. Uh, by way of introduction, Sarah is uh, an insulator engineer at Hubble Power Systems within the marketing and design unit, and uh, Chad Davis is a senior product specialist with the construction products and business unit. And Chad, I see here that you've had over five years as a certified journeyman electrician. I bet you have some great stories to tell about that. I do, and if we had more time, I'd love to get into those. Yeah, well, perhaps another NEMA podcast on, uh, you know, bedtime stories with Chad. <laughs> there you go. Back to the reason why we're here today to talk about composite guy strains and specifically uh, a new standard that NEMA published to cover design and performance of this product. So most of our audience certainly already knows the answer to the question I'm about to ask. But just for the sake of completeness, what is a guy strain? Customers use guy strains to isolate guy wires for increased insulation and safety. Uh, they're also used to provide some clearance during maintenance and operation activities. And as I understand it, it's important to recognize that not all guy strains are technically insulators. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, some guy strains are also electrical insulators, but some are not. And the primary difference is that some guy strains do not have watersheds. And those guy strains that do not have those watersheds are technically not suitable for insulation. They provide only mechanical support. That being said, both types are often referred to as guy strain insulators in the industry. Okay, so just a little bit of a colloquial reference, but it's it's important to distinguish the two for technical reasons, so I appreciate you uh, walking our audience through that. And the standard that we're talking about covers both types of products, right? That's correct, sir. Okay, so are these products used widely in the, in the industry by utilities? Yeah, they're uh, very common, and they're usually found on the phase side of a guy wire. So why did the industry feel it was important to write a standard specifically for composite guy strains? Well, the short answer is because we didn't have one. The National Electric Safety Code has installation requirements, so customers knew they were getting a guy strain that met their electrical and mechanical needs, but there were still some remaining challenges that the NEMA standard addresses. Okay, and what were some of those gaps? Well, firstly, customers weren't guaranteed interchangeability between brands of guy strain products. So when you had to replace an insulator, you were taking somewhat of a risk if you didn't buy from the same manufacturer or supplier. And secondly, customers had no way to ensure product integrity over time and in various environmental conditions. Okay, that all sounds pretty important. I'll admit that with the technology that's been around as long as insulators have and with an entire ANSI committee talking about C29 dedicated to developing standards that govern the product, I'm somewhat surprised to hear that those issues were overlooked until now. Is there any sense as to why? Sure. If you look at the history of the C29 standards, it makes sense. The original C29 standards for porcelain insulators included ANSI C29-4, which covers wet process insulators, colloquially known as Johnny Balls. These porcelain units were used to isolate sections of guy wires. With the advent of composite insulators in the late 1970s, the scope of the ANSI C29 Standards Committee was expanded to cover the new composite insulators. 
the only Johnny balls that were in use at the time were porcelain. There was no need for a standard to govern their composite counterparts. Okay, so essentially what you're saying is since their introduction to the market in the 1970s, composite guy strains haven't been governed in any way by standards. Is that accurate? Yeah, you're correct in terms of standards. However, the National Electric Safety Code has had requirements for at least a decade to address strengths, electrical characteristics, and applications of all guy strains, including composite types. Briefly, by way of summary, what are some of those requirements? The NESE dictates ratios of the guy strain's electrical characteristics to the system voltage under dry and wet conditions. There are, of course, other requirements related to electrical safety, like ground clearances. Okay, so in other words, the code says that if the system is rated to a certain voltage, then the guy strain has to be rated, presumably to that same voltage, and perform at certain levels, regardless of environmental conditions. That's correct. But importantly, it does not define aspects of interchangeability, which are areas where the NEMA C29.14A adds value. Okay, so interchangeability. Let's talk about that for a minute, if it's okay. What sure. are the interchangeability aspects in the standard? Okay, yeah, NEMA C29.14A standardizes the various infitting designs and configurations that are typically seen in the field and also the length of the product, which directly influences the electrical characteristics. The prototype design and routine testing confirm that these characteristics will be met. Uh, and prototype testing. Uh, also, uh, my guess is that's a pretty significant aspect of the standard. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, sure. It's a prototype tests are the test required to assure that a design will function as intended in the field. So basically, it tests the features of the product, like the core material, the end fitting connections, and the coverage of the material. Okay, so beyond interchangeability requirements and prototype testing, what are some of the other design or function requirements of the new standard? Um, it defines a minimum specified mechanical load for standardized guy strains as well as required electrical ratings. It also defines routine testing that will be applied to all the products before leaving the manufacturing facility. Okay, so it really does go above and beyond what the NESC requires. NEMO members believe that compliance with this standard will offer more consistent product and quality for composite guy strains. Okay, so we know there are porcelain guy strains and composite guy strains, of course, both of which now have standards. Are there other types of guy strains, and will industry eventually write a standard for all of these? Yeah, it's important to understand that the current standard, NEMA C2914A, is specific to composite guy strains with UV-resistant polymer coating. NEMA is working on a standard for composite guy strains without a polymer coating, and we expect this to be published by the end of 2020. Okay, and let me guess, this next standard will be C29.14B, am I right? Yep, it's already in the pipeline. Is there any intention to accredit 14A and for that matter 14B when it's published through the ANSI process? If so, what are the benefits of doing that? The original intent in drafting this document was to establish a baseline document. This will be submitted to the ANSI C29 committee for consideration as an ANSI C29 standard. ANSI-approved standards are more widely recognized within the global insulators community, typically. Okay, so uh, the, the value add of the ANSI process is, is that the recognition, the likelihood that utilities will, will start adopting the standard and requiring it in, the, in their spec. Well, that, I think, sums up our podcast. Uh, thanks to both of our guests. 
Uh, I want to direct listeners to uh, NEMA's High Voltage Insulator Toolkit at NEMA.org for further information uh, and to, to view the standard on NEMA.org in the standard section. And uh, I'll give our guests the, the last word. Yeah, so this is a great standard, and I encourage utility customers to look into it and consider referencing it in their standards. Yeah, thanks for having us, John. We appreciate you putting this together. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you found this podcast educational and interesting. For more information on the NEMA High Voltage Insulator section and their products and activities, make sure to visit their toolkit on our website. For previously recorded podcasts, please visit nema.org slash podcast.